Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about probably a sector that, that's felt a massive impact with COVID over the last kind of year, year and a bit. We're speaking about event promotions and, and talent management today, and I've got Gareth on with me from B12 Entertainment. Gareth, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Gary. How are you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Obviously, with the we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the whole COVID thing, which I'm sure you've got a a massive opinion on after the last twelve months. But from obviously the point of view of B12 and and how it all kind of originated, what what was the thoughts behind it? Why did you want to get into the kind of events and talent industry? So I'd always fancied putting on events. I've always felt I've got quite a good organisational mindset just going back to even as a kid I was always a one out of my pals or even just these daft things if we're arranging to go somewhere to play football or um, making up a football team or something like that to play in a league it was always me that was the, the driving force behind it phoning around every day trying to, try to make things happen so I've always been that type of person and I'd always fancied having a go at putting on events I always thought it's something I could do and I always used to see things, uh, events back in the day mm-hmm. when I was growing up so I grew up in Greenock I'd see these gigs getting put on and the promoter would come out and if the event didn't do as well as it, the promoter had hoped, then they'd be, they'd be having a go at people for, for not turning up. Yeah. And I always thought that was the wrong attitude and always had ideas on how things could be done. I don't want to sound like arrogant as in, as, in, as if to say, oh, I, I've just got all these ideas that are going to work while nobody doing them. Because yeah. I've not even proven on a big level yet that they, they will work for mm-hmm. always always thought things could be done a bit differently, so I wanted to have a go at it and uh, see how I got on with it because I always felt that the I know that if you're putting any event on, whether it's a, a gig or a concert, a comedy show or, I don't know, a coffee morning or something, mm-hmm. wherever you go in any town or city, you'll always have the kind of hardcore audience, if you like, who are the people who just need to know it's on, so they'll see the poster with the date and time they're going to be there. Yeah. But then, if you're wanting decent numbers at your event, if you want to just put on little small events, then that's that's fine. That's all you need to do. If you want to go beyond that and kind of get decent numbers through the door, you've got to try and appeal to the, the average person, if you like, the man on the street, who they'll enjoy it if, they get, if you get them there. Mm-hmm. But you've just got to work a bit harder to get them through the door. So I always had these ideas in my head of how you could maybe do that with, like putting on live music because lots of people they, they enjoy if they, they enjoy gigs when they go but it's just not really in their uh, they don't really go out their way to do it they're not just going to see a poster and, and, and jump to go so I always wanted to have a go um, at trying to apply some of my ideas just to just to see where I got with them and if I could if I, if I could make a success of it yeah that, that was really the, the genesis of it if you like mm-hmm. and then from there probably two or three years back I had a chat with one of my pals and he, he said he also wanted to get into events me and him decided to start up a, a little uh, little events business and we we put we're, we're working on our first gig together which is going to be in February 2018 mm-hmm. and this was we're planning it just after New Year and uh, all of a sudden it went quiet on me and I was like what's the matter with this and I thought maybe it's just 
like my bender or something, he's just having a just lying low for a few days. But mm-hmm. I kinda you know what I mean when you know something's up in the back of your mind but you're almost fighting with it. Yeah. But you're um you're you're 'cause you're you're wanting to believe that nothing's wrong mm-hmm. but in the back of your mind you know something's wrong. Ah, you've got that kind of wee nagging. Exactly and, and uh he just messaged me like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry, I've been trying to build myself up to telling you this and I just want to do this on my own and I'd like blah 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 and he gave his reasons and I was like right fine I'm not going to lie I was pissed off for a couple of days because I felt like we hadn't really done anything but when I get into something I, I put my heart and soul into it so I've been out banging the drum telling anyone who'll listen to the Facebook page I follow we're putting this event on and then he's just kind of taking it and almost kind of bend me off my own thing so mm-hmm. I was like, right, fuck that. So, um, I was like, can you swear on this? Aye, that's fine. And did that, uh, see that, but did that, did that rattle you confidence-wise or was it just a kind of, was it a kind of kick in the ass for you at that point? Or? Not at all. Things like that just make me more determined. Mm-hmm. Anytime anything like that's happened, it's just added, just, just added fuel to the fire, if you like. And that's why I just, it just made me more determined to, to, to get on and do this do my own thing and be, I don't want to say but that here but just be better than him at it right. not to show off or anything like that but just I, I don't know just maybe 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 that is part of it I've never really sat down and like sort of analysed why I, why I thought think that but maybe that is my, my wee way of getting back at people because I don't really I'm not really a confrontational person mm-hmm. obviously there's times where you need to put your foot down but I'll do anything I can to avoid falling out with people or arguing with people so Usually when somebody stuffs me, I just I would rather just prove them wrong over time, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that was my my attitude there. So, so that so that was that. So I dusted <laughs> myself off from there, um, and it wasn't it wasn't a big thing. Like once I calmed down, like we're still friends now, and we just uh, we like, I've supported his events. I'll put something on my Instagram page or something when he's putting an yeah. event on, and I've been to his events. It's not like. Um, as I said, I'm not a fully out yeah, person. Yes. Some people would have fallen out over that, but I think that's that's uh, it's not it's not really something worth falling out over. We're not in my opinion anyway. Yeah, it's so, just one of the things, isn't it? I that, that, that's it, absolutely. So so I just moved on from there. Just built up, started small, and started to. I feel as though in the short time we've been doing it, I built up a, a decent reputation. I think people like. Like working with me, I always feel that I'm fair, and I go out of my way to um to promote the gigs. And I, like I said, I try different ways of promoting the gigs, try different methods, whether it's just put stick my face out there on social media, mm-hmm. um, or whatever I need to do. And and I think that the the acts that I've worked with appreciate that, and they always say that they enjoy playing in uh, the B12 shows for that reason. And just as I think. It's changed a lot now, but even when when I was younger, I, I played my band when I was like still at school. Was it fifteen or sixteen? And I remember we did a gig at some venue in the town. I, don't, I can't remember where it was, but anyways, so it was one of one of the other boys that had got booked it for us, and we didn't really know the deal. We thought we'd just turn up and play a set, and we'll give us. We not really bothered about how much it was, but right. we thought we'll get even if we get twenty quid or something like that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they. They turned up and they were like, how many tickets have you sold? And they sold like three because it was an over 18s and we were all still at school. Yeah. So I think somebody's like big sister came with like her boyfriend and right. like one of their pals or something and that was it. And the guy was like, okay, that'll be 
like a hundred and something pound and you're like, oh, quality, thinking they're going to get paid that. And he's like, no, you need to pay me because it was some pay-to-play deal where ah, you had to right, sell okay. so many tickets. And mm-hmm. So I just always found like, I, I would never do that. It's up to me. I'm a promoter. It's up to me to sell the tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would certainly never. Obviously, you want the bands to do their bit and pushing the, pushing the event if it's for fans or whoever, whatever the yeah. event you're putting on. Um, but I would certainly, it's my my job to and, and I'm I, I'm running the business so the risk should be on me and no one else I shouldn't be making if my event makes a loss I shouldn't be asking uh, the, the, the band to make up for it if two football teams are playing on a Saturday and there's not enough people come to watch to uh, to pay the players wages the, the players don't have to make that up to, I mean that's a football club's a business but yeah I mean, exactly you can't be there so that's probably not the best. <laughs> no, you're right um, though. It's one of those uh, like if you're a if you're a, a kind of up and coming band and you don't feel a venue, you don't want that pressure of you're going to have to shell out X amount of money that you probably don't have at that stage as well. Absolutely, and we certainly didn't. Then I remember it was <laughs> we were all phoning down it was that way where you get like fifteen quid in your banks and you're you're about fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> we're having to like I think one of the boys' dads came to pick us up. I had to. Like uh, give us like thirty or forty quid to make it up. So, so I said so always, always never to try and go down, never try and go down that route. And I think that so far we've built up a good reputation for for being fair and and, and good to deal with. Mm-hmm. And see from obviously you then kind of get out on your own and and starting to do your own thing with it. What what was the first gig you done yourself? What was your first event that you planned? So first ever event was in the Victorian Suite in Greenock and it was a band called Black Dove headlining with uh, support from a band called The Medicine Tooth and another band called The Strays, neither of whom are still going, although their members, their members are in other bands now. So that was the first one, just a wee fiver on the door. Fiver on the door, there was like 120 people there or something, so it was all right, but it was just... Wasn't something I, I didn't always want to stay at that level, but that was just a an easy one to to start with because right. it's all about you know just trying to build up a bit of a track record and get used to it. There's not too much to get used to. It's not rocket science, mm-hmm. but you want to you don't want to do like a monster for your first one and end up having a disaster. So right. started small and then plan to uh, build it up from there. And how was the how was the nerves on the first one? I nerves was fine. It was just I'm fairly organised, so I don't really have obviously stuff can go wrong and you're hoping enough people come through the door so that you're not having to going to going to have to go to the bank to, to make up the uh rest of the money at the yeah. end of the night from, from your own from, from your own account. But yeah, I, I was fine. I, I I didn't really feel feel nervous about it. I think the the, the only yeah, the, the only the only nerves were just uh, just ho- hoping that some people come, but it's it, it wasn't the, the nerves nerves are fine to be honest. But I think that the the bigger events there's, there's more nerves coming, there's more problems, and they're worried about potential issues and the the crowd and things like that. But yeah, for for that sort of thing, no, it wasn't too bad. Right, and then obviously going going from that to to your kind of starter, obviously up until now, what what's the kind of what's the biggest thing you've done? What's the biggest event you you've planned? So the this is where COVID's kind of put stopped us in a track, yeah. if you like, which is quite which is quite frustrating because I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you about all these things that were supposed to have happened through twenty twenty that haven't. So 
probably the biggest one that they've done or that they've got planned is they've got Gary Falls, which will be decent. They'll probably be that'll be not it's still it's still not massive, but it'll be about a thousand or so at yeah. that. So it'll be like a decent decent crowd. Um and we've start we're starting a few new things. So one's we've got a we're starting putting on these uh, raves, secret raves it's gonna be called. So that was supposed to launch in twenty twenty. So once that's kicked off they'll be um they'll be pretty often and a, a fairly decent well, we, we like to think there'll be a decent number of folk through the door. Mm-hmm. And also a number of we've got an outdoor event which we will be launching. Again, that's another thing which we were supposed to do last year right. and couldn't. So that will be like a, a festival type event. So we'll be I just need to be careful what I say because none of this has been announced. No, <laughs> no, that's some of fine. That hasn't been announced yet, but <laughs> happy to tease it. That's absolutely fine. And I take it then, obviously, from from your point of view, given the, the build-up that you were going on, COVID's just been a bit of a an absolute killer in that sense because it's kind of pushed you back a wee bit. It has. I've used the, I've used the time... I'd like to think I've used the time well, though. When As soon as it hit, and you, you know that way, you, for a few weeks, leading up to you, some kind of lockdown was on its way. So mm-hmm. my attitude was straight away was, right, let's try and move forward some ideas. Because I'm an ideas guy. I get about 100 ideas a day. Yeah. And I've got this tracker tool that I use. And there's, there's a, like, uh, I don't know if you know what a Kanban board is. It's, I just use them in my like my, my day job so it's it's just like a tool where you can like kind of track things from the to do doing done yeah. so, so all the tasks you can kind of move it along so I use that when I'm planning an event so you just get all the tasks on there but one is literally just called ideas and it's, it's there's like an ideas column and then it's the ones that I move forward into like progressing or, or exploring and then the ones that then then the next phase is actually once <laughs> once I've actually put something into the action, I move it into done. Yeah. So I just got to work on that, just try to move forward all these ideas. And sometimes some things can sound like great ideas when you you come up with them in your head and then you try and put the numbers to them and how much it's going to cost versus okay, this is maybe a reasonable crowd we can which we can get into that and this is and then figure out what you set the ticket price at and it, sometimes it doesn't always stack up mm-hmm. so that, so then you ban it off so I've just been working on that stuff and trying to get that moving forward and I've made good progress and also getting into different things I never managed any act before COVID that was something I just started doing during the pandemic so yeah. kicking off new parts of the business and just in terms of growing the business I'm always looking to add new bits and pieces whether it be another arm if you like so the management arm but also getting into different types of events and not just sticking to one thing not just say right we'll, we'll only go we put gigs on and that's all we're going to do so yeah. it doesn't need to be gigs like we can put on conventions fairs big outdoor things because you want to make it a, a viable business so you, you don't want to just be a one-trick pony yeah definitely i'd read an interview that you've done previously and obviously you were the plan was pre-COVID that, that you would kind of move into this full-time and it would be your full-time job, but obviously as a lot of people have been hit with the same situation, you, you couldn't do it. But for you, mm-hmm. how do you combine all of this with your own job as well? Because that must be hard to... I know you've obviously you've got, you've got kids as well, but how do you balance all that out? That's maybe the hardest bit at times because I've got a, quite a demanding job. So just to just... I've, I don't want to say exactly what it is. I'm a project manager for a 
a multinational consulting firm. I know that probably means nothing to, to most people. <laughs> to that. It's quite demanding. Pre-COVID, I was travelling. Every week I'd be travelling, usually down south somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, lots of travel, long days, things like that. So my B12 work usually comes in the morning, like the crack of dawn, I would get up maybe do an hour or so in, uh, get an hour or so in, then go to the gym for a bit. Yeah. If this is if I was travelling, I'd go back to the hotel, or if I'm at home, go back home, get a shower, then start my work, or, uh, or go into work. And then in the evening, if I'm away, it was a bit easier because I'm just in a hotel and there's no, I've got no real responsibilities other than to feed myself. Yeah. So I could just, I could get, usually get quite a lot of B12 stuff done at that point. Mm-hmm. That's, a bit, that's a bit more of a challenge when I'm at home because I can't just, can't just say that it's six o'clock or right, I'm, I'm just going to be doing B12 entertainment yeah. work for the next four hours. So you get the dinner, you tidy up, you put my son to bed, yeah. put to my missus. Yeah. So obviously I need to, need to help out. So I'm just getting it in wherever I can. Obviously during the day I can take the old odd phone call and I can reply to an email if it's a quick one. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm pretty much, I can't, I can't be, be spending too long on it because obviously I've got lots to do. So, so that's the hardest bit. I've managed to... I just you just make it happen. It's like what we we're discussing as we were discussing before we we how we hit record on this and we're just talking about your podcast as well, with things get in the way. But if it's if it's something that you want to do and you're passionate about, if you believe in it enough and you, you you're determined and determined enough to make it work, you'll find the time you'll make it work. Mm-hmm. Some things I've got a to do list that's like two pages long, just on B twelve stuff and then another another one that's four pages long in my my day job and it's all to be done that day and, and you just get your head down and before you know it you've made a good dent in it mm-hmm. but just now that you've asked the question and I've, I don't think I've ever told anyone about this but it's just been the thoughts just been swirling around my mind as I've been, been talking so there was a time actually probably sort of summer time 2019 where the balance between the two maybe did become a bit of a challenge and I did it probably did well in fact I, I know it did looking back it did put my, my fire out for B12 for a, for a, a little for a short period anyway so I was going for promotion I was was obviously when they get the, the promotion in and I, it was kind of overdue I, I probably should have got it a couple of years earlier but because of the particular roles I was doing without going into it I, I wasn't able to be able to get promoted when you were doing that role yeah. blah 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 so I was, I, you know, I wanted the extra money and I was just, I was really, I, I get totally locked into things and usually it's like at the moment it's supposed to be 12 and, and also my, with my day job as well, but mm-hmm. um, I, I'm kind of managing to balance the two at the moment, but at that point, because I was just so locked in on getting that promotion, it did somehow just put my fire out for B12 a wee bit. I remember we had an event, it was just a gig and, and I, I remember turning up at the gig and, and when we were getting setting up it was the only time I've not been excited about it yeah. and I remember thinking I never said to anyone but in the back of my mind I was like oh, should, I, should I chuck this is this worth it should I maybe just or maybe just do the odd bit here and there and um, and I kind of let it slide a little bit because like, mm-hmm. if you look at like our schedule I think we only did three events that year um, and that was like a full, full year of trade it wasn't like there was no interruptions so Three or four, but, but anyways, not a lot, and none of them. The only one of them at the end of the year was of a kind of decent size, so it was it was just a kind of not really moved on as as a, as I planned to. I just kind of kept doing the same easy kind of small stuff. Yeah. And 
it kind of what reignited it was a, a couple of things actually. I was at a party one night, not a party, but we were back at my mate's house having a few beers. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we'd been out somewhere or we were just there. And the boy who, if you remember, that I was going to start the business with, he was there also. Right. And then my mate's partner, not not his partner, but the, my mate whose house it was, partner. Yeah. I can't remember why. We were just talking about it. Maybe one had an event coming up or something. And he was putting on decent, he was doing like, it's still like small events, but like he was he was putting events on about that were getting decent crowds at the time and 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 it was kind of building up quite nicely. Mm-hmm. And she just said, and she didn't mean anything by it, it was just an honest observation and was probably accurate at the time, just looking at the two of us side by side. And she said, uh, Oh, I think uh, such and such is business is like, I can't remember the exact words, was so it's going to be bigger than Gareth. And, and I just like, have you ever seen those? Uh, I, I obviously have never seen what I looked like at the time, but I can imagine my face was like, see those memes that people do when somebody's like, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and it's just with a wee sad face on looking like, but I, I didn't say anything, but I was just like, and I, I think I really just said, like, oh, I, I don't even know what to say to that or something, because it just do you it think that was, bothered me. Do you think that was because you were probably thinking? in your own head that you were you were this kind of into it as you were before as well yeah that's it and i just let it slide mm-hmm. because i've got caught up in work and i've just let it slip and now i'm maybe being beaten by somebody who uh not not that it's a competition but he, yeah. he's kind of doing better than me and I, I think i should be doing better than him so mm-hmm. that just brought up and lit the fuse again. I remember it, it stayed in my mind, but again, that's just like something. And, and again, it wasn't she was trying to be rude, that was just her honest opinion, and, and it probably was the correct opinion at the time, but it just kind of woke me up, if you like, because I'd been, I was just, I remember even saying to people actually, there was, and this is another thing that kind of spurred me on a bit, was my old boss, who I was still like had on good terms with, and she always used to ask about my B12 stuff, because usually I don't I kind of try and keep it separate from my, my day job stuff and don't really tell some people, but she knew about it because I, I was working under her when I first started it. Mm-hmm. She she asked me, just uh, we were doing some, like I had to get feedback off her or something, and, and she she was just like, oh, oh how's, your, how's your B12 stuff going? And I, I, was, I remember telling her, like, oh, I'm not sure, I think I'm just going to do wee bits here and there, like, I think I'm just going to focus on my, my day job stuff because it was kind of, hard balance in the two and I'm, I'm going for this promotion just now and and I'm, I'm on this project and I'm really and I was talking about the project and stuff and she, she just said she was like that's not you though you're not that type of person and I know it yeah and I was just it was just one of these like honest assessments that and it, that actually kind of meant a lot because she had no reason to say that mm-hmm. usually people will try and talk you out if you're starting a business yourself and you, you might find this yourself and you start getting to the point where you're trying to balance that in a day job and there might come a time at some point where you've got to try and make the leap from one to the other. Yeah. You have lots of people trying to talk you out of it, no matter how well you've started to do and how good a plan you've got and whatever you say, there'll be well-meaning people who just say, no, just stick with stick with the day job, it's, so it's too much of a risk and all that. So just hearing that from somebody who was to- like just going off what she'd seen from me and had no real, it's not somebody who had a real, she had no reason to say that, so yeah. I just thought, oh, maybe, you're, maybe you're right, maybe that, maybe that is me. So, so yeah, so that was a long answer to a short question. No, not there, at but... all. It's good, but it's good. To, it's good to get that train of thought, though, as well. Absolutely. 
But yeah, generally I can balance the two fairly well. As I said, you just make it happen. Mm-hmm. You just find a routine that works for you. And there's times where you you end up behind on stuff, but yeah, just get it in the, I just get it in wherever I can. And sometimes I know it sounds sad, but if my missus goes out on a Saturday or something with my son and I'm in the house myself, most of the time I'll, I'll not stick the football on. I'll be like working on B12 entertainment stuff. Yeah. Incredibly sad, but it's it's got to you've got to do those kind of things if you if you want to get somewhere. No, definitely, I I cannot totally relate to that. And I know you you touched on there that conversation that you had with the the person you worked with, and even when you were at that party as well. But have you had real bits of advice you've had for people throughout it that are kind of stuck with you, and and you still kind of go back to them at points? Advice. From, from people I know, the things that stand out are mostly just bits of encouragement that mm-hmm. I've, and like I was saying there, you get lots of well-meaning people who will tell you not to do it, tell you it's too much of a risk, and some people really close to me have that mindset, and I'll even feel like my mum's like that, she'll, mm-hmm. and I need to, she'll just, she'll even say now, oh yeah, it's good that you're doing that, it's just, it's good to have a a, a hobby yeah. type thing, and, and um when I try and say, no, it's not just, I don't just want it to be a hobby. And mm. then um, she, she literally, she start trying to tell me that I shouldn't do it. Like, oh, keep, no, just you've got a good job. It's don't take the risk. But then I I don't, without, without trying to make it morbid, you, you, um, you, you only get one. You're only going to be here. You're going to die one day yeah. eventually. So I'd at least like to, even if it's stay five years of my life trying to make this happen. Mm. And then at the end of that five year period, I know one way or the other, I'm either doing it full-time and it's become my, my full-time business or I've had a crack at it, couldn't really get it going. Maybe I've ended up with a little bit of debt. Big deal. You get Most people have got like a six-figure debt just mm-hmm. to buy a house. So yeah. it's not the end of the world trying something and failing at it. And I don't think I will fail, but I'm comfortable with the fact that I might. So yeah. It's mostly just bits of encouragement, like what what I mentioned earlier from my old boss or somebody who just sees what you're doing. And sometimes you just get a wee message out of the blue from somebody, or they'll reply to an Instagram story, something that they've not even probably too put too much thought into. Yeah. But it can have a big impact on you, and you just uh, it's like good. It's just a wee bit of um, confirmation that yeah, yeah, I'm doing the right thing here. I'm actually. I'm not. I'm not just in cuckoo land with this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually people are noticing that that you 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 you've kind of got some good ideas and that you've got something that might work. So mostly just stuff like that is what stands out. So and I apologise to anyone who's listened to this that knows me and has imparted the perils <laughs> of wisdom that I'm coming to mind right now. But it's uh, yeah, mostly just encouragement and yeah, just keep doing what you're doing or even when somebody just says oh that that event you're putting on looks class or Mm -hmm. i like what you're doing i like the look of this or i like that idea you were talking about just things like that that's usually what keeps you going the good and the bad like i said when something bad happens that fuels me but also equally and more so sometimes when just a bit of positive reinforcement for for something that you're one of your ideas or events are the the things that that uh, stand out in my mind yeah I know that you said that you'd kind of moved into talent management and looking after different things from that point of view, but a question that I had, and it was actually a question that somebody else had asked me to ask you as well, when you are taking on these, whether it's it's bands or people performing in different areas, 
what criteria do you use to make that call about whether you're going to manage someone or not? What is it you look for, or what what, in, what do your instincts tell you about it? A lot of it's just off I've got. I don't really have any set criteria because, in, especially in terms of the management side mm-hmm. of things, I'm pretty new to it. So yeah. I wanted to make sure the people that I took on were all at the beginning, if you like, for two reasons. A, I don't have a track record, so I'd rather build, gain my track record by building someone from the ground up, hopefully doing a good job for them and getting to getting them to a, a decent level. And also at the same time, like I was saying before, I, I've got a good reputation with people, so having somebody who you've built from the ground up who's now at a good level, who speaks highly of you, that's, that's a better endorsement than anything. Mm-hmm. So it was all, it was all, I didn't want to just piggyback off someone who's maybe already at a decent level and I just say, oh, I'll be your manager. If you've not got a manager yeah. just now, I'll, yeah. I'll do it for you. And then I'm not really, they don't, they, if they've been doing it for years without a manager and they're already at a decent level, then I'm not really paying myself. I, all I'm doing is taking over the, the, the admin mm-hmm. for them, really. So, so, that, so, so when you're looking at people who are just starting out, you're really just looking for raw talent because often they won't have a massive social media following or, or anything like that. But yeah. raw talent and personality, I always think that, and, and I touched on it earlier, I didn't really go into it when I was talking about the different ways to promote an event. And so some of those are just letting people see that the characters and the the personalities behind the event and mm-hmm. um, are a bit involved in the event and, and it's the same with the artists so people who have got a personality that's sellable if you like mm-hmm. if, if you think about like Lewis Capaldi for example not saying I would be managing him but lots of people like him for his personality as well as his music and yeah. that, that helps them because those people who maybe see him do a daft video on Instagram or TikTok or whatever um, it, it draws their attention to his music not that they don't they've never heard of his music but it's just it's almost like a promotional tool mm-hmm. so that's something I'm quite big on so I look for basically people who you can who, who you can who are going to be promotable um, but also really just raw talent because they are mostly just starting out the people who I work with so so it's that, it's that raw talent and yeah whether they're I don't, I don't want to say, um, I was kind of, while I was saying that, I was kind of cringing a wee bit because it makes it sound like they're talking about cars or something. Or no, I know what you mean. But, what um, you mean. yeah, just somebody who's got something about them, a bit of charisma, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, and, yeah, just uh, the, raw, the raw ingredient. Mm-hmm. Something else that, that someone had uh, messaged me the other day, actually, obviously, when you're speaking to, you speak to various different companies and you, you speak to various different artists etc and see from your point of view do you try and kind of connect the companies together through your contacts as well so if you know somebody's needs something done and you've got somebody else that can do that do you try and kind of get everybody into that kind of networking side of things and, and help each other out yeah sometimes and it's, it's something that i've started to do more of as the business has stepped up and also through covid just because mm-hmm. i've been around a lot more so I've been able to for example I joined the Chamber of Commerce the other day so that's something which which helps in that regard because it, it is important especially when you're, you're you're doing business in a particular area it's good to be connected with other businesses and mm-hmm. sometimes when you're just um, you're trying to get something done and you're just cold calling and you've not really got the connections for it it's a uh, it, it, it can be it can be challenging. So if you know somebody who knows somebody, it's always just helps you to get that warm lead. 
And one thing I always try and do, and it ties in with that to a degree, is just try and create win-wins. You, you get some people who their idea of being successful in business is just crashing through and leaving a trail of broken personal and business relationships in their wake yeah. and just success, trying to achieve success at any cost. But that will eventually catch up with you if you're a fud and people don't like to deal with you mm. or you've stuffed somebody or done somebody over. That will eventually, your, your luck will eventually run out. And lots of people are like that, that often successful in the surface. But if you if you look at the yeah. accounts, it's, it's not, not, not uh, doesn't make for good reading a lot of the time. So, so yeah, just create win-wins. And that's the way, if, if I bring somebody in to work on an event with me, I don't want to con them so that I can make a, like an extra few percent and, and for myself if they if they don't win then they're not going to want to do business again but if they if I bring them in they make money I make money then they're going to hopefully enjoy working with me and then that's going to open doors for me as well or I can it's just that's just I, I can I can work or, or they can put me in touch with somebody else so they know that I need to work with in future that's just that's generally how I, I try to do things so yeah make just make create win wins and it's every everyone can can get what they need from it. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Probably kind of ties into the the next question. And I had Quinergy on last week on the podcast, and they've actually sent in a message in regards to obviously a lot of events companies promotions like yourself will be doing online events just now because there's there's mm-hmm. no other way to to get anything going at the moment. Those venues aren't open, etc. But from your point of view, how do you how do you find it trying to kind of monetize these events? Is it a difficult thing to do from your point of view? It can be, and it's the costs. Are, so I'll, just to give you a bit of background, we've we're running a second live event this Sunday actually, so Bank Holiday Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a virtual gig. It's been filmed in Room Two in Glasgow and, and broadcast on Immersive TV. If anyone listening if you go if, if it's not happened by by the time this goes out it's uh, the link to the ticket link will be on our instagram bio so if you up and coming local uh, or up and coming gla- bands in glasgow and surrounding areas will be, be playing on the bill um spire st clement's strange dimensions and, and paul mullins so it should be a cracker that one really looking forward to it um she is sorry for the plug there but yeah, it, it can be, you can monitor, we've, we've done lots of, quite a lot of virtual stuff by definition, but only uh, two which we've actually monetized. So we've done from the start of the pandemic, we were doing like little free concerts on Facebook where it's literally just people streaming on our page from the living room, playing their acoustic guitar, doing it, like singing their, their like, songs, their band songs or whatever. Yeah. So we've done stuff like that just to, to keep the, to keep us visible and, and give artists a chance to, to get themselves out there. So we've done that kind of stuff. Obviously, you're not making any money from that, but in terms of the, the ones that you're trying to monetize, so you you can the, it's a double-edged sword because you, you've got you're not just focused on <clears throat> you're not just limited to one area. For example, if I'm putting an event on in Glasgow, it's only people from Glasgow and surrounding areas that you you've got any chance of coming to it really. Mm-hmm. So whereas the online stuff, I can get people from all over the UK or potentially even other countries to come to it. Yeah. But the problem is lots of people, particularly with live music, lots of people like the experience. They don't really 
if they want to sit and listen to music in the living room, they'll put Spotify on. They don't yeah. want to have to pay a tenner for a ticket to a virtual concert and they've got the bands playing on their telly. They want if they're going to live music, it's so they can like have a drink and jump around and like belt the song out with like a couple of thousand other people or however yeah. many is there. Um, so it's tricky. It doesn't appeal to as many people, but then you've got the wider reach because you're not bound by location. Mm-hmm. The costs are also a lot higher because obviously you're you're filming it. You've got you're not just paying for you've got to pay for the venue that you're using to film. On top of that, you've got to set up some kind of streaming platform, some kind of paywall, um, and and also pay the production team and 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 all the people involved on that side. So mm-hmm. it's pretty lumpy, and we tried it and the numbers weren't really a massive success. So whilst it's something that we've done to just to keep us out there and give the the artists that we work with opportunities, it's not unless we had some kind of in house setup that was already and we were just doing them all the time and so it wasn't you weren't having to pay um each time to bring the stuff in, then you, you could maybe make it work that way. But yeah, yeah financially it wasn't really not really something I'd look at long term. I did consider it because that's why I wanted to do it because I thought who knows how long we're going to be in this situation. Yeah. So maybe if that's a way we can keep going, I, I, I'll certainly have a look at it and give it a go. But yeah, the, the numbers didn't really make sense to, to, to continue doing it, unfortunately. Yeah, to keep it going. Probably the most specific question I've had in this podcast, to be fair. A guy, Ross Brown, had DM'd me and he's a a football freestyler, so he does like different events based on on the skill that he's got. But what he was asking for was any tips on how he can can I gain more exposure to what he does to increase like his events and his work and and be noticed by like event management companies. So it's probably more specific. But from your own point of view. What kind of tips do you think would help people in that situation of kind of trying to get themselves out there a wee bit more? That's an interesting one, actually. And I'd certainly be happy to, to, to have a chat with Ross uh, about that. I don't know if he's, if he's listening to that, but that'd be something. Cause be, I'd probably need to go away and have a think about that to, mm-hmm. to come up to give him the best answer. But off the top of my head, uh, I think just, I don't know if he does this already because I'm not familiar with, it, with his, his work, so I apologise if, if you're already doing all of this, Ross. But I think getting your face out there is important and letting people have a, um, letting people know who you are, like I was saying, build the characters and personalities, let people see the, the person behind it and not just videos of the, the tricks um, and like, like what was, when I was talking about promotional techniques and let people see the, the, the personality of the artists on the bill because not everyone is just going to see the, the names on a poster and, and clip of a song or a clip mm-hmm. of somebody doing football freestyling or whatever it happens to be and be automatically drawn to it. If they if they feel like they get to know you, I think that's all that always helps and that's something I've tried to do even on I don't know if you know if you noticed on my Instagram page I've not done it as much I've done it in the past couple of weeks actually because we've got that event coming up but usually in the run up to a gig I'll do videos of me just doing a breakdown of the bill and yeah. just hyping the bill basically talking about who's on there and, and I never really saw any anyone else any other promoters doing that but and, and I get lots of people probably look at it and go oh, it's this complete helmet but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it, it seems to work and 
sometimes it works too well because sometimes those videos will get more likes than a clip of a band that I'm putting out, which yeah. I think, which I'm trying to promote, and more people are interested in a video of me talking like <laughs> shit yeah, than the, the band, which is which is a shame. But, but yeah, just get your uh, get your get. I don't know whether you're using TikTok or other. I'm not a TikToker. I think I'm past beyond the age for TikTok. <laughs> I might be people older than me use it, but I just, I just never, <clears throat> never something I've used. But lots of the acts that I work with uh, use it. So using that to just let people see your your personality and and also maybe creating events which where you are performing and make the event seem exciting, make the event seem like something worth going to. Maybe you tie it in with uh, I don't know some kind of fair festival type thing, and that's part of it. I don't know. I'm just going off the top of my head here, mm-hmm. but the key is to make some make it seem exciting to the the average person. Because not everyone's going to just be drawn to a band or a football freestyler or a comedian. But you've got to make build it up as an event and make it seem like something worth going to. And that somebody who wouldn't necessarily always be interested in that product will be interested in, in the event. So yeah, that's that's just a couple of things off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know if they were any good. No, that's fine. What I'll do as well, I'll, I'll send you over Ross's details just so you can... Because he might want to kind of pick up with you after that as well. Yeah, so he was asking me when it would it, go out and things. So I think he's quite keen to pick your brains. I, I'd be happy to. And um, yeah, you might see B12 football freestyle. There you go. Be, Could be absolute break news. For, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> Question to ask everybody when, when they come on. Obviously, the whole point of this is to get people on talking about what they're doing sharing their journey or how they've got to the stage they're at and I'm always asking my guests if there's anybody you think would be good to come on and, and tell their story as well Other people from the uh, music industry there's a guy it was, it was just came to my mind there uh, David Blair who has uh, he manages a few bands and he, he plays in a band as well mm-hmm. He's probably got quite a good story. Been in the music scene a long time. I, I've never met him actually, but I spoke to him on the phone the other week about something. One of the acts that he manages is playing on a one of the bills that we are putting on at the end of the year, like a kind of mini festival type thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to think of Glasgow-based people who. Oh, um, you know the the boxing manager, stroke promoter, Sam Sam Kinnock? Yeah, I think I've got him on my page. Yeah. Yeah, he, he'd be quite good. So I, I've not spoken to him for a few years, but I used to do a wee bit of work for him about four or five years back. He might, he'd, he'd probably have quite a good quite a good story and also spinning off that. Some of the boxers that he manages and promotes would, would probably make pretty good, interesting guests. A few of the acts that I manage might be good in time once they've, once they've, they've uh, what post COVID once they've they've, uh, they've they've got out gigging again might have some good stories to tell from that. So yeah, definitely probably probably quite a few that I could uh, could uh, put you in touch with. Finish off, obviously. I will I will let you plug some of your your people and your artists and anything that you've got coming up. So the the floor is yours. Sunday was the best virtual gig I've ever seen or heard of in my life. So you you unfortunately have missed that if you didn't tune in. But don't worry, we have lots coming up. So we have 
on uh, Sleep Scene Got Ages Away. So Saturday, 4th of December, we've got uh, an event, 01475 Winter Festival, which is uh, at uh, Gamble Halls in Greenock. So it's a mini indoor music festival. There's going to be 15 acts, I think, playing throughout the day, starting at 2, going on till 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to be a great day of live music. It's not just going to be like a normal gig, though. Like I said, you've got to try and make it seem exciting. So it's going to be without giving the game away. There's going to be in between the bands. There's going to be an MC introducing the bands and, and getting the crowd going. And there's going to be live DJ sets. It won't just be stick on background music now yeah. that band's not playing. So it'll be like a proper feel of a proper big event feel. So that's the first thing that we've got coming up, which actually has a solid date at the moment. But I've also been working on for the past couple of or back since last year, I've been working on doing some kind of socially distanced events. But obviously they keep getting. We keep keep having to push them back. They've still not still not happened, yeah. unfortunately. So I've been working with the I've been in contact with the, the, the government regularly and the event people there and the, the, also the local council and we've had loads of events planned and I've written spent weekends writing out risk assessments and whatnot mm-hmm. and then the events got pulled. So but hopefully we'll finally be able to do our first one at the moment, you can run small indoor gigs from the Monday the 17th. So if that date holds out, our first one will be on the Friday, so that will be the 21st. Right. It won't be anything major, because you can only, the maximum capacity you can do is 100. Yeah. Plus you've got to socially distance everyone and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's but it's just more, and it's I'm just being honest, I'm, I'm not going to make any from it or if I do it yeah. with buttons or but more likely I'll probably be making up the difference myself. Yeah. Um just it's just really about getting people out to see live music again. It's one thing I've always believed in is that you, you can't some some people go wrong with just trying to go for the big bang. Like they'll they'll just try and put on one big event and then but they won't do anything to build up build up to it. So you've got to put on the even even sometimes when it's not necessarily paying you the money that you want, mm-hmm. just to keep the audience engaged, and because that's all we can do just now. So if, we, if all we can do is these little small events for a few months, let's just keep doing them and, and keep. People haven't been able to go to gigs for over a year now, so you've got to try and start bringing people back through the door. Then we can do the big one. Hopefully, more people are interested, and it also gives the the acts. Particularly as a manager now as well, I've got an obligation to to give the the artists opportunities to play. So yeah, hopefully they'll they'll be able will be able to do that. Do really socially distanced gigs going into next year, March 2021, 2022, Sorry, um, we're promoting Gary Falls live in Greenock. The Greenock date for that <clears throat> launching between now and then. Hopefully, will be the Secret Dave series which I mentioned. So yeah. keep your eyes out for that. So that's got its own Instagram page. We'll hopefully be launching our first event before the end of the year, but just as things stand, who knows? Um, we've had venues held loads of times and, and then we've, we've, we've pushed it back. So I don't really want to say any dates or anything like that until we're, we're, um, we're a bit more solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, and then I'm sure there'll be loads of stuff that we do we do in between, but they're the, they're the main things. So lots coming up, lots to, lots to look forward to, hopefully. I hope when we get back to some sort of normality, you can kind of crack on and, and get all your your talent out there and get your gigs going again. But I appreciate you coming on today, mate. It is good to, to hear how somebody can kind of maintain that alongside a full-time job as well, because it's it's not easy doing 
one or the other, but doing both of them is, is a massive challenge. So it was good to get that story from you on that, but no, it's massively appreciated. No, my, my pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Top man, and I will definitely catch up with you soon. <laughs>